Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the What a Disaster podcast. I am your ugly host, Gregory Allen. To my left is the pretty host, uh, Liz Bedore, and straight ahead of me is the other ugly host, Richard Sawasinski. Why don't you guys say hello? Hello. Hey, Greg. Thanks for that beautiful intro. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, the movie Crack in the World. It was uh, made in 1965, and it was directed by Andrew Martin. It is starring Dana Andrews, Jeanette Scott, and Kieran Moore. Yes, the Jeanette Scott is in Crack in the World. <laughs> and it's written by John Manchip White. So uh, this movie is about a dying scientist who pushes forward a project to drop a nuclear missile into the center of the Earth in order to collect all the heat for the wonderful energy that he's going to provide our utopia. You know what? I have changed my tune on this movie. I do, I do not like the movie, but I think this 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 go-around, I'm going to think about it as um, not a movie about a scientist being altruistic and trying to get essentially free energy around the world, but <laughs> a mad scientist, angry that his life cannot be saved, trying to bring the entire world down with him. He knows what's going to happen when he does this. His plan is to destroy everything in the process. Dr. Swordson is an evil son of a bitch. I like it. Angsty, yeah. too. Yeah, oh, super, so angsty. Super angsty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, this whole movie is just angst. Yeah, it's uh, there's a love triangle, which is great. It's more like a love line, because I, I feel like the, the Sorensons don't love one another, like, at all. <laughs> no, nope, they, res- they just argue the whole time. They respect one another. They're mar- they have a marriage of respect. They're, they're aware that each other exists, and at one point, they may have uh, done an intercourse thing. Okay, but they... There is a scene where she also talks to him about wanting a baby. We can't forget that. Yeah, but she certainly doesn't want it from him. Well, she <laughs> says it to him. And she's just like, I'll take any baby. Yeah. I, I You're on your couch. I'm on mine. Let's put exactly. it all into one. I and... sleep in a cot. You sleep on a couch. We thought about touching each other one scene in this movie, and then we just stopped. I turned. You, you turned the light off. I turned it back on because I'm a dick and started reading my mail for no reason while you're trying to sleep. I, I agree. I agree. I like the uh, mad scientist angle. Uh, I like what I liked most about this movie uh, was hand cancer and treating hand cancer with X-rays. What did you like most, Liz? I like the set design, the props, and Dr. Steven Sorensen's sunglasses inside constantly. I was actually a fan of of, of most of the cinema, cinematography in this movie. It's 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 a fairly well directed movie. I did not enjoy the movie very much. Um, it was trying to be more than it is, I think, by kind of a lot. And uh, th- there are some odd moments, to be sure. It rambles, I think. Oh, yeah. It rambles more than we do. <laughs> I is... feel like every scene is just a few seconds or minutes too long. You know what I hated about this movie? It is impossible to find a stream for free. I had to pay $3 <laughs> to watch this movie. To watch this garbage? <laughs> I bought the Blu-ray. <laughs> I own this movie on like, Blu-ray. outright on Blu-ray. I paid real life money for a real life movie that real life stinks. I kind of like the idea of us doing a lot of these and you owning every single one of these. Oh movies yeah, on Blu-ray. I'm I'm totally on board for that if I can afford them in the future because <laughs> right. I feel like it's going to get expensive fast because there's bound to be one that's going to be some weird collector's edition film that I'll have to end up buying and it'll cost one hundred and thirty dollars. It'll have holograms and AI. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. All right, it's so. Better. Uh, the movie kind of starts with um, a lot of, you know, hullabaloo, smoke and fire, the center of the earth. Uh, I mean, there's there's just an, a cacophony 
Um, yeah, uh, but a very whimsical font. Uh, certainly, yeah, a- absolutely. And it's just, the, the music is kind of a, I would say overwrought is a good description <laughs> of how that music fit in that opening, uh, the, the opening little um, credits and all that stuff. It's I have some is. proposed soundtrack modifications that we can address later on. <laughs> I, I, I can't wait to hear them. <laughs> Um, so the the movie kind of opens up with jeeps and uh, a kind of a, a racist de- de- depiction of, I think, Africans. They were in Africa, so let's assume it's Africans. I wrote racist depiction, but after the third time watching this movie, I feel like maybe it wasn't that ra- as racist as I thought. But they were holding spears, which, I, which was a little... Uh, were they spears or were they... You know, like those hooks that shepherds use, shepherd's hooks. Uh, I think they were spears. But what do I know about Africa in 1965? Uh, yeah, I mean, probably as much as I do, which is not very much, and also that they probably were not just a bunch of uh, indigenous people walking around with spears half naked. Right. Around a scientific complex. So, yeah, uh, they were they were driving the Jeep, you know, and they, they saw the African people. They were driving through, I think, the mountains or, so, like, down the in the valley. Or yeah. a very fantastically I mean, painted sci-fi complex with satellites and fan. Yeah, that's super angles. racist. Is that racist? Yeah, I yeah, feel that's like bad. I, mean, I don't know that it's racist, but it certainly is. Uh, it's it's um, certainly insensitive. It definitely would not fly today. Ignorant. It, it doesn't need to be there. Right, well, it, it's completely yeah. unnecessary because they're showing black people with spears to say, "Hey, we're in Africa." Right. So you know where we're at. Actually, I thought maybe it was Australia. Like the first time I saw it. So, I mean, there are other ways to tell people where you are, such as using it in the script or a map, road signs, or road signs, all kinds of things. 1400 miles to Africa. Here comes Miss Smiley. So, anyways, so they drive up in that Jeep, and um, the they in the Jeep is, um, I believe, the council. I don't know if it's the entire council, but it's the governing body that controls the. entire world as far I believe as I by the number of jeeps which are also really cool by the way I love the cars they use in this movie um, I think that it's supposed to be the whole thing <laughs> okay. otherwise they wouldn't have used seven jeeps there's seven jeeps there's a bunch of them yeah oh wow there are a lot there were a lot of jeeps it wasn't just the one so it's the entire council we'll say that's the entire ruling body of the world all in one place yeah it, we'll I don't know if we want to call them all world leaders, if it's the Illuminati, any number of things could be happening there, but it's certainly a lot of people that we are supposed to perceive as being in charge of stuff. Bunch of suits. So. So they get out, and they look at that scaffolding with the missile hanging off of it, and uh, and the one guy gets out and goes, oh, wow, you, uh, I see you got a giant missile there. That's strange. And she just looks at him, um, Dr. Maggie looks at them and goes, if you look closer, you'll see it's not armed. Yeah, every every layman is aware of what a nuclear warhead looks like after they're told, hey, I'm going to show you guys this nuclear warhead I want to use to shoot a hole in the earth. Greg, <laughs> we're not talking about laymen. We're talking about the council. They know what's up. <laughs> Fair enough. The, the council should be well aware of what's going on. <laughs> Idiots. And then they go inside. The, uh, I, I like the scene a lot because they, they pull up to the building and you get to see um, all the design they did on the outside of this building. They only showed the shot a couple times. A lot of work for just a couple shots. They but... made it out of balsa wood. You think so? No, I know. I read it in the trivia. Boom. Oh. She read the trivia. What did you read, Richard? Nothing, because you can't. Hard the cover. scaffolding is balsa wood, but oh, the uh, complex is painted. Hardcover books. That's all I read. So they squeeze in the, she squeezes into the elevator with the entire console, and then she proceeds to talk about how deep they're going to go, and how going deep is the is obviously they're going to go as deep as possible. Who wouldn't? 
There's a lot of uncomfortable yeah, the, eye contact in this scene also. The line that stood out, and uh, you guys put you, in our printout here, you added a screen grab of uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Sorensen, the Maggie Sorensen, saying, Since we study the Earth's crust, it's only natural that we should wish to get as deep as possible. And it is just, it's a gem. It's it great. is a gem of a line. I didn't right think there. you'd believe me. You, you would, you'd be like, what Pornhub channel are you on? Right. I, I mean, no. that is that is something else. That's great. So somehow they have, I mean, they have multiple elevators, but they chose to squeeze everybody into one. And uh, they're, they're down in the facility taking a look around trying to see, you know, what, what's going on here with uh, these people that are trying to convince them to blow up the world. So, so like the next scene is kind of a throwaway scene. They're just kind of like, she's just introducing the, the council of uh, leaders to the rest of the scientific team. I like the next scene. Could you explain what's going on here, Greg? So we are now introduced to Dr. Steven Sorensen, who is, I, I mean, when you first see him, he's got, in in one hand, he's reading something. I didn't, I didn't, I don't remember what it was. And the other is held between like these two discs on posts. And uh, as he pulls his hand away, you can see that it's it's burned. Um, but it, you, you find that he is sick with cancer. And he feels that the best treatment is to shoot x-rays into his hand. Just riddled with cancer. He's just... Riddled. He's Dr. Cancer. He's got like five days to live and he looks fantastic. (laughs) He's he's not sick. He's just clopping along like a healthy horse. Put a bandaid on it. Push forward. Um, His doctor does say, listen, man, if you don't stop putting x-rays on your cancer, I'm going to stop treating you. He's not putting x-rays on his cancer. He switches hands. He doesn't care where the x-rays goes. He just wants to shoot himself with x-rays. The man has lost his mind. He just really likes looking into his hand. Like, he just can't stop it. It's it's desperation He's of like, a dying man trying to, to find any hold he can to stay on Earth. Hey, guys, look at all the bones in my hands. Isn't that great? <laughs> he just, he's hoping to roast his hand until it's nothing but bones. So, like, the doctor, um, Dr. Sorensen, uh, Stephen Sorensen, we'll call him Dr. Stephen, because there's two Dr. Sorensons, because Maggie and Stephen yeah, are married. Maggie and Stephen, so I'm going to go yeah. with... Uh, I'm gonna and go she with... is a scientist, quote, in her own right. Yeah, I'm going to go with Dr. Cancer and Dr. Sorensen <laughs> as their names. <laughs> he, so. gives, he goes to give this, um, my second favorite, favorite scene in this movie, so it, it peaks early. He gives this speech on how uh, magma is going to be used, how he's going to harness magma to power everything. But the speech isn't about the machinery he's going to use to capture that thermal energy and how he's going to distribute that thermal energy across the globe in 1965. The speech is about how he's going to drop a nuclear missile into the earth and not hurt anything. So they're stuck. They've been drilling and drilling and drilling. They're trying to get to the magma core of the earth, and they've reached a spot that they cannot seem to drill through. So it cannot be penetrated. They've brought the council there to convince them to let them fire a nuclear warhead into the center of the earth so that they can extract that sweet, sweet magma. The lifeblood of the earth. The only thing that keeps the earth warm and happy. They want it. Smells like money, Greg. Oh, it is. It is money. money. He Uh is. He Dr. Cancer just is ready to destroy the planet. So that he can get some of that goop out to the rest of the pool. That's why I think, I, like honestly, Gwyneth Paltrow goop. He's got to just be a bad guy. Yes, yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow goop same thing. is magma. It'll make him some good money. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's going to be loaded, or he's going to destroy the world because he's dying. I'm I'm now convinced that he's just a bad guy. So he proceeds to give the worst science fair demonstration I have ever seen. Like he has two panes of glass, and he takes one pane of glass, hits it with a hammer, and he goes, "This is what happens if you just blow it up." Then he takes the other piece of glass, heats up a rod, and he shoves the rod through the glass to demonstrate that, see, if you get it hot enough, 
the glass won't shatter. It'll just part, and the and the, the heat will um, penetrate. What would you say? Like sear a hole into the earth rather than explode the earth. But when he's doing this, if you watch the window, it actually cracks a little. There's a tiny crack, which is foreshadowing for what's going to happen but uh, later on in the movie. But it wasn't intentional because the next scene, when the camera pulls away, crack is fixed. There was no crack. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was unintentional foreshadowing, and uh, we, we all know what's going to happen. I mean, the movie wouldn't be called Crack in the World if everything were going to go to plan. So he goes <laughs> through this 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 weird, like, poorly laid out sci-fi or science fair explanation that my four-year-old could have done better. And it's beautifully it's, constructed of construction paper and marker. Uh, his dad had to have helped. There's no way that he did that himself. Um, Maybe Maggie is a scientist of construction paper, and that's how she's a scientist in her own right. She built the whole thing. She's she built the whole thing out of construction paper. That's how she's a scientist. She has no other science. Doesn't does no science provides no scientific insight throughout any of this movie. She did open her Sixty-five percent so. of this movie is her reactions to things she has neither contributed to or in in any way or does anything to help. Yeah, she just runs away from magma. She just looks scared a lot. Um, That's but, probably what I would do, too. But <laughs> I'm not a character in the movie. But the camera's not on you 65% uh, yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah. And she was clearly there as eye candy, and that's about it. He's got, the, like, he's got all these big ideas about what he's going to do with this magma, and it all involves like putting it into buildings right above this hole that he's about to drill. Um, that's not... There's a lot of bad science for this guy supposed to be supposed uh, purporting to be a scientist like, in his own right. I, would you say? I would say he's a scientist in his own mind, and that's probably <laughs> well, about it. Doctor Sorensen, Stephen Sorensen, yeah, Doctor Doctor Cancer, Doctor Cancer. Yeah. So Doctor Cancer doesn't seem to want to sleep with his wife. Um, so th- there's a scene where they get in bed. He well, they get in quote unquote Beds. bed. She's in a cot. He's on a couch. And they're in this rock room. At perpendicular angles. Yeah, they're, they're like, it's the weirdest setup. I know it's okay, probably just... Okay, but the rock just, room is awesome. I, I don't know if it's the 60s or if it's the shot or just, or what. But basically, they look like they're sleeping in a living room. You'd think for a couple of people that were planning on being here for any sort of extended period, they would have plans for, you know, bunking down. Nah, I'm sleeping with the rocks, dude. Yeah, and this is where uh, uh, Maggie uh, lets Dr. Cancerhand know... That Ted is better than him in every way, and she oh. proceeds to list the way he's yeah, better. Like she he's better at tennis. Just he's better runs looking. down on him. Like have you ever have you ever kissed him? If she you goes, haven't kissed him, you should try it. He's great. The only positive thing she says about him about Doctor Cancer is at the very end she goes, "But I chose you." It's like why at this point? Why? So here's the list of reasons you suck, and Doctor Ted Rampion is the best. But I picked you anyway, probably because you were more easily available. And Dr. Ted Rampion is a jet-setting, handsome man who goes everywhere to do everything he wants because he's the best. He's young, brilliant, dances divinely, and plays very good tennis. But he isn't the one I picked. I picked you. You are my husband. And Dr. Cancer's at least 15 years older than her, right? Oh, Dr. Cancer yeah. is 20? a thousand. Yeah. He's a, it was just her professor, so inappropriate. Uh, but whatever. That's that's up. That's that's between them. That's their private lives. Kind of hot. You're gross. Go here. I know. I love your science, lady. <laughs> <laughs> this whole like the, the the whole scene where they're you know getting ready for bed is it's kind of it's it's uncomfortable. But I don't know that they intended it to be uncomfortable in the way it was uncomfortable. 
Yeah, it just it, it looks really unnatural. They kiss for a second. It's it's odd. The whole thing's odd. And then like they go to lay down. She turns off the lights. Yeah, she shuts it. Every, she shuts everything down. She's like, all right, well, it's bedtime. Time for bed. I'm I'm I'm. Well, she did I'm just bushed. ask for a baby, and it didn't go over very well. So she got mad and turned off the lights, and then he spitefully turned them back on. He, to be fair, he's a hundred. Mail to read. She knows he's a hundred. The, the the baby discussion I feel like has happened a bunch of times, and now <laughs> we she's... just get to see one snapshot of it. Yeah, exactly. This again? This is... It's totally a this again. Really? Oh, this absolutely. Again? He's 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 not making the this again face. No. Although no. It, it's it's more like a I wish I knew what the this again face looks like, but I don't, so I'll use this one. And actually, is what I was the actor chooses. You know, and honestly, screw Maggie for this. Tomorrow's about to be this guy's biggest day in his career ever. He's gonna drop a nuclear weapon into the core of the earth. And this is the night she decides to drop the baby conversation on him? Yeah, her like, his his Dr. Cancer's evil plot is about to come to fruition, and she chooses to just be a cold-hearted woman. Yeah. She tries to destroy his dreams. Like, let's have enough on his mind. Come on, Maggie. Get your shit together. What do you even do? Read your goddamn mail and go snuggle with a rock. She, I like that she shuts off the light. She, 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 they're like, get ready for bed. They shut off the lights. And then she's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm reading some goddamn mail. I don't know how my mail got here because we're in the middle of goddamn nowhere in Africa, but I need to read this while everybody's trying to sleep. By a mosquito yeah. copter, of course. Oh, man. It can, can hold 1.5 people. These yeah. helicopters, they, I love it. The helicopter budget in this movie is great. Ted Ted only rides in odd vehicles to this whole movie. He just finds something new to get into every time. Uh, he shows up in this movie in a helicopter, and it's a great helicopter. And he gets out and he just throws his bag at the first guy standing there. Like, here, catch, buddy. It's <laughs> his big bag. Too. You look like a slave. Take it. <laughs> but that's where, you, that's where you meet Ted, our hero, chin and all. He does have the hero chin. Yeah. I, I, I'm not familiar with any of this guy's other work. I don't know if he has any other work, but he's, I don't know if he's German or what. He definitely has what sounds like a German accent. And this is where we heard. Or Austrian, is, maybe. I'm not. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think he's trying to force a different accent in, too. So he's pre Schwarzenegger. Yeah. He's what Schwarzenegger was hoping to be, but without the physique. Yeah. And we're living in a post-Schwarzenegger world. Yeah, this is (laughs) post-Schwarzenegger. But this is where Ted threatens to go to the commission. This is where you kind of start to understand that there's a governing body called the commission. I thought it was the council. Come on. I wrote commission. Sorry. I said council earlier. It's commission. Are you sure? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like the commission is is, is incorrect, but I don't know. I'm not I'm not 100% sure on that, and I'm not going to... I think you're right. It is the council. Let's just call it the council. I think my notes are bad. I like the council anyway. Yeah, we'll call it the council. It looks, it's better. It, it, sit, it sits well with my theory that this is an actual mad scientist. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit about uh, a few scenes down where Ted's packing his room. It's uh, 23 minutes. Uh, where Ted's packing his room, and you see a picture of Maggie in, in his... Uh, Locker. Yeah. And the yeah, picture yeah. is Maggie in a bathing suit and him, like, hugging on the beach. Like, he's shirtless. And just, they're on the beach, like, embracing. And he has it in his locker. And to be clear, his room is in the same building that Maggie and her husband live. So Yeah, I don't know how long the Sorensons have been Mr. and Mrs. Sorensen, but that picture looked recent as hell. Yeah. So, <laughs> But, like, Maggie comes and talks to him, and she's just like, you need to support, like, my husband or something. So he gets mad and just rips the picture up at the end. You need to support my husband, who is probably about to blow up the world. You know what, Maggie? Fuck you. I he mean, did, he made the right choice by tearing that yeah, picture. Up. I mean, he implied that Maggie and Ted dated a long time ago. So he's been carrying that picture along around for how long? Yeah, it it had to have been he, that poor man. It looked in great shape. He just prints new ones out. He's, he just, like, <laughs> he's got that negative. He just runs straight up to the one-hour photo. Did they have that in the sixties? 
Probably not. They had several hour photos. <laughs> Many day photo. We'll get them to you next week photo. So uh, I'm going to, uh, let's see what else we got here. I'm going to skip some more in our notes. Otherwise, we're going to be going the same pace as this movie. Yeah, no, we, we need to just... We see a lot of cool red phones and stuff. I really like the phones they use in this. But Like I said, the sets are awesome. The, every set is really, really cool and really, really well done. Uh, even the weird flaming boiling water is pretty neat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we also get to find out what Dr. Stevens' uh, cancer is. And, uh, it's Dr. Sorensen. Please just call him Dr. Cancer. Dr. Cancer, fine. <laughs> we have to find out about Dr. Cancer's cancer. And Dr. Cancer's cancer is malignant. That's all you need to know. That's all they tell you. That's the kind it is. It's aggressive. Back in the 60s, there was just malignant and other. We know three things about his cancer now. It's malignant, aggressive, and it makes his hand gross. I feel like it's the x-rays that make his hand, make his hand gross. They Fair probably enough. don't help. I mean, he burned himself with x-rays. Is His madness has driven him that far. I think he just really liked looking. My theory is he really liked seeing the inside of his hands. He did it so often, he actually gave himself cancer, but still didn't stop. He was like, no way, it's so cool, guys. <laughs> it caused it, but it's neat. It's so neat. Um, so Dr. Cancer decides that it's 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 definitely time to fire a nuclear warhead into the Earth. They blow up the Earth, and lo and behold, a crack in the world begins. Just like the crack in the relationships. And the crack in the picture Ted ripped apart. Uh, yeah, it's, it's true. There's a theme. That's, That's an implied crack right there. It's kind of the end of Act One, in my opinion. We got everything set up. We have the plots. We know like who all the characters are. We know all the players are. Um, we got to meet the guy from the uh, the commit. What did we say? It's not the co- the council at the beginning. <laughs> the council. His yeah. name is Eggleton. And, um, or Sir Eggerson. Eggerson. <laughs> no, Sir Charles Eggston. Eggston? Yeah. I think it's Eggerson. I think it's Eggerson. Maybe it's Eggerston. There's an R there's, in there. There's an R in there, without a doubt. There's an R. I'm going to check the IMDb. You're going to be so sad when you're wrong. I love how wrong you're going to be. Yeah, it is Eggerson. You're right. I know. It's way better that way. It's way better that way. You can't tell me I'm I'm, wrong. I'm glad I'm right. You weren't right. I'm right to be wrong. Richard. So the Dr. Mad Scientist Cancer Man decides that it is time to put his plan into motion and fire magma across the planet or even better, which he was not expecting, destroy the earth by cutting it in half with a well-placed nuclear explosion. If I'm going to die... So is everything. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so t- I do have this line in here, and I believe it was uh, Dr. Ted who, go- who went to warn um, Sir Charles and said that... Suppose the Macedo Trench splits open under the ocean. A crack a thousand miles long bringing superheated magma in contact with the ocean. Earthquakes, tidal waves, mass destruction on an apocalyptic scale. It wasn't. It, I mean, it, it would have been. It could have been. It would have been, but it wasn't. Yeah. So instead, um, they blow up the thing, and Dr. Cancer, the evil doctor, decides that he's going to, as as he sees the love blossom between his wife and Dr. Rapian, that the world is worth keeping intact. However, he has chosen a different path in life. Um, so he sets off, Dr. Rapian sets off to, to try and find a way to halt the crack in the earth. <laughs> That's not what happened. And... They, they just rampion doctor whatever dr tedman <laughs> goes goes off in his helicopter uh clean across the ocean somewhere and they, they he gets there and they're like let's just blow it up here too and see if that helps and it does help you skipped one of my favorite parts though is when he tries to call him the, the dr ted tries to call him when well sorry when sir eggerston tries to call him again to stop the explosion and uh, Dr. Cantor just doesn't answer the phone. Or just, he goes, I'm busy. To be <laughs> fair, he was about to blow up the world. Yeah. So he was it, a little busy. 
If we got to get a little bit more use of the helicopter budget, Ted gets back in a helicopter, which is cool. But Mosquito copter. It's a cool helicopter. I like those. All the vehicles in they, this movie are spectacular. It's like a, a MASH helicopter, but it's painted red and white. So it goes great at first, though. He, he, he drops a missile into the ground. They did a pretty good job with special effects. It was like a model rocket, but it was nice. It oh, yeah, cool. yeah. You could tell it was just a little model, yeah. but it, it was it was pretty well done for, all, done. for all intents and purposes. It could have uh, been much worse. He, so he drops this thing into the earth. Everything goes great. Everybody's congratulating him. Dr. Ted makes it back from, I don't know where the fuck Dr. Eggerson lives, but apparently it's a 30-second <laughs> flight because he comes back, and everybody's excited. And even, even Dr. Ted's like, I guess I was wrong. Like, you were right, Dr. Cancer. The... You're gonna get. We're gonna get this free energy now. The world's gonna be a better place. Not true. Everything goes bad. It it, it goes bad fast. Yeah. And this is where about 40 minutes in the movie. That's right. 40 minutes in this movie, we get our first death. Um, that's Port Victoria. 345 people. But they're saying 5,000 people later. So, sorry. Port Victoria has a population of 345 people, but 5,000 people died. Yes. Yeah. 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 There was a def- definite discrepancy there. Greg and I looked at the, the population of Port Victoria because we were, we I was were like, it, it, I feel like there weren't that many people there at that point, and there weren't. There were not 5,000 people there. Um, unless they were talking about a different Port, Vic, Port Victoria. Could be, probably not. But the evil doctor, uh, evil doctor cancer has gotten his way, and his plan has begun. It's full motion now, and uh, a little bit later, 7,000 more people die. Just to, So now we're at like... Shit, we're at like 13. 12,000 people have, 12, have, have you been math. killed by this one explosion. And Dr. Evil Cancer, he knows it's going to get better for him. His, the numbers are going to grow. Yeah. Um, he's excited he's, for it. You can tell. You can tell he's a little disappointed, though, on the low numbers at the beginning. Right. He really wants those large he, he, he wants to pump those up for sure. He knows those are rookie numbers. <laughs> rookie numbers. <laughs> he needs to pump them up. Um Way better movie this way. I wish. Seriously, this movie is so slow and so bad. He just wanted free energy, but we're just going to make it seem like he wants to blow everything up. It, it's yeah. it's a better read. So This uh, is the kind of movie that hipster bars play without audio while there's an actual band playing somewhere else yeah, in the they'd, venue. They'd cut it down to maybe like Power. 45 minutes, yeah. and they would just let it play on a loop while bands do stuff. So you blow, you blow a hole into the earth, Greg. What's the first thing you do? Go look at the hole. Oh, absolutely. Yes. That would be like step one. Yeah. So of course, this is a nuclear hole that's radio- radioactive, so I can understand their trepidation. No, they go look the at it. Oh, that's right. They get in the submarine. They don't worry at all. <laughs> they just go into the hole. They, they have these really cool cameras hanging from the top of the submarine. So Ted's now driving his second interesting vehicle of the God, the vehicles movie. are so good. This movie cost them $850,000 or something, and I'm sure every penny of it was spent on vehicles. And weird special effects that didn't need to be and there. And sets. I don't disagree with that. I think that's right where it should have been. I feel like they bought the, the, the submarine, for sure. They just were like, you know what? We've got the money. Let's just buy it. I always wanted a submarine. We can sell it later. Have you always wanted a submarine? Who here hasn't always wanted a submarine? And look at the inside of that thing. It's awesome. Yeah. So I get, like that this is also very clearly just a model. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they get into the sub and they go take, pitch, to go take pictures of the, uh, the crack. They are taking pictures out the windows with their flashes on. <laughs> so what you're saying is that won't work? Like light will reflect off the window I and mean, just show a giant I mean, if you want a picture glare? of shiny glass, then that's exactly what they're going to get. But an artsy selfie. Yeah. An artsy selfie of a reflection. <laughs> oh, the precursor to the bathroom mirror. But he put the flash on. It was See? clearly important. So they do that. They take this. This is a long scene with the submarine. It's not really that exciting. Uh, the most interesting thing is when he takes a picture. I don't know. Oh, but when they get back up, they start b- back into the real 
surface world, <laughs> I guess. The real the world. Real world. <laughs> it's still the real world. They're just underwater. Uh, so they get back to the surface. They go back to the compound um, for whatever, the inner inner space foundation or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and they, they get back up there. And they do have, they must have a one-hour photo because they have these pictures available to them pretty quickly. They and can... the quality is horrible. But you can see things in them, which would never happen when you're taking a picture with a flash well, through a mo- submarine window. If they're monochrome, you could do it You could do it in a dark room yourself. Right. Right, but the picture would still be garbage because they were taking a picture <laughs> of Turn light. off the goddamn flash. Seriously. Touch, t- you put the lens right up to the glass. You leave the flash off, and you take. You know what? At that point, you could even have the flash on if you cup around the window. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the way they take that picture is not going to work. They ever. needed a couple more people. And they do it over and over. Film. It's not like a one-time mistake. It's like all the pictures that they take. So, I, I do like that he starts taking pictures of like the magma in the in the water with the flash on still. Like right. that's not going to be lit up. Enough. Yeah, it's too dark. <laughs> uh, I like this. You need ne- a little bit of fill light in here. I like this next scene that comes up about forty-four minutes in when uh, cause Greg, you called this. They were. Uh, looking at all the negatives and all the pictures, and, and Dr. Cancer has these sunglasses on. And Greg's watching this. He goes, he only has those sunglasses on because at some point he's going to find a revelation and he wants to take them off. <laughs> he steps into the light and he rips them off. And then he goes and grabs. So he has really sensitive eyes. That's why he has the sunglasses on. He's implying that his eyes are sensitive because he's dying of cancer. He goes and grabs the f- negative. He have all these pictures printed out. He grabs a photo negative and holds it up to the light and looks at it and goes, "Yep, looks like a crack." Yeah, they didn't have small. <laughs> they didn't have small prints of these either. They were poster-sized photos that they printed off from this. Uh, he can't see them with his sunglasses. So he steps under the light and rips them off, and uh, still needs to hold the. Yeah, it's there's a lot of weird inconsistencies throughout this movie. The acting is solid for the most part. It's not terrible. I there are some moments that are bad. We must face the fact that we have caused a crack in the Earth's crust. A crack in the world. And that was uh, Sir Eggerston who said that. It was great. Yes. That was the best delivered line in this whole movie. I mean, it needed to be there. Uh, you got to put the title into the movie, I think. Because we meet the whole commission about 45 minutes in. They're all sitting at a table. And, Surrounded uh, by There are definitely more people in this. Chandeliers and yeah. oil paintings so I feel like maybe Sir Charles. This is actually a beautiful room. I think Sir Charles is actually maybe the mastermind in this because he's the one who suggests in, in this scene that they uh, instill martial law. They've got to be in Africa. They've got to be in South Africa. Yeah. That's where the, the line is going No, no, no. I mean, I mean the, the country of South Africa. Like, that's where they are... The, the, the council. Okay. Because, okay. like, they're taking helicopters back and forth to this place. They're not in England. That makes sense. That makes sense. You figure the whole council would be there on site for such an important thing. Well, I guess nuclear explosions. Yeah, dangerous. like maybe be yeah. there to kind of to, to stop it. Maybe one um, of them. No, we need a yeah. minimum of 14 candelabras in our meeting room. So unless Interspace can accommodate that, we're going to stay here. Thanks. So these are the smartest people. They're like, everyone's helping. The smartest people in the world. And Sir Ergerson goes, Is there anything that we can do? Pray. Pray. So No, his first solution was pray. His oh, second yeah, yeah, solution, first solution was pray. <laughs> second solution was blow it up again. Let's re- try and redirect the crack or stop the crack or anything we can do to make this crack a different crack. First, let's try wishing really hard the crack wasn't there. Isn't it wishing really hard doesn't yeah. work? Yeah. We'll blow it up again and we'll see what happens. What do they have to lose? Let's be honest. All right. At this point in the movie, we're on to, uh, we're, we're on to the third act where... 
Dr. Evil Cancer has decided that his his choice to blow up the world may have been poor. Problematic. Ill-conceived. Yeah, he's 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 struggling with with destroying the planet and decides instead to allow Ted Rampion to save it. I refer to Ted as Dr. Cool Guy here because he rolls his sleeves up and gets ready to solve the problem of, yeah. you know. He also throws his suitcase at people. He's just a uh, yeah. fly-by-the-seat-of-his-pants kind of guy. I mean, do you have a choice when a crack in the world is forming? It wasn't forming when he did that. I mean, you don't know that. <laughs> crack in the world's just, they don't just appear out of nowhere. No, you need a missile launch, which... <laughs> Dr. Evil Cancer did. Well, all right, now we're at like about 48,000 people dead, more or less. They yeah, give us an accurate roughly, count. They, that's, yeah, it's, I think about 50,000 people have died thanks to a crack under the ocean. Yep, yep, yep. Nope. So. It's, it's Dr. Doctor Cancer got some morphine from his doctor, too, so that was pretty great. Like, it was a good he partied. Scene. There's a whole scene. This is how boring this movie is. There's a whole minute and a half scene of him, of Dr. Cancer talking to his doctor, X-raying his hand again, but different hand this time. And his doctor goes, here's some morphine. And they take a minute and a half to have this conversation, which you don't need at all. Yeah, no, it's it, there, there are a ton of scenes that are just there. And it, it doesn't make any sense. Almost and always way too long. Yeah, absolutely. This but, one, this was a painful movie to watch. But this is where Dr. Cancer gets really sucky, though. He gets really, really self-pitying. He's the worst. Right out here. He gets right on that pity train and rides it to the end. Uh, at one point, he tells Maggie, I gave orders I was not to be disturbed. Stephen, please! What's happening? Why did you come? You, you want to call me a murderer to my face? And that's the first thing he says to her when she's like, Hi! <laughs> Hi, husband, person that I married, I chose you. Not only is his attitude completely just unbearably angsty, he's wearing sunglasses through this whole scene. He has the worst case of man flu ever. Yeah. He just is like, he shuts down. He is inconsolable, useless man because I don't feel good. I have cancer or whatever. I would have died in four days. <laughs> he was going to die anyway. Yeah. Trying to blow the earth up. Yeah, he was, he, he's an idiot. He is an idiot. Yeah. Smartest dumbass on the planet. He's like, I told you I didn't want to be disturbed. And she's like, here I am to disturb you. So anyway, at this point in the movie, um, everybody's kind of making way, making haste to try and solve the problem of earth blowing up and, and, and being split in half by this bomb. And naturally, Dr. Cancer's number one enemy, um, who is Dr. Chin, Ted Rampion, is the only one that can stop this. Right. Um, and the, it, it, between the power of love but, uh, of Ted Rampion and Dr. Sorensen's wife uh, and and that Shin, he manages to find a way to save the planet, and that is to stop the crack from forming by blowing it up with another nuclear weapon. We well, you know what I really would have liked to have seen here? is like a montage of them doing math equations and like high-fiving, rolling up their sleeves. Like, anything would have been fine. Um Except it just it's instead they show us a reverse nuclear explosion over and, and over just, and over again. So they figure out. Th- you can to... actually see the unmanned navy warships in this scene because it's you know footage from the actual test that they did, and the, <laughs> the boats are in there. You can tell what it was. Yeah, yeah, and like, and, and that's what they do. They just watch it over and over again. They go, you know what? By watching this destruction, I figured out that if we drop one of these bombs into the earth again, we can solve the problem. And it, it, it's it's just silly. It's just silly. But he goes quick. Anybody have another? Anybody have a better idea? Last chance. Nope. 
come with my idea. Well, you That's know it. what? That crack did move awfully fast to towards Australia, and it was definitely heading that route. So they had to move quickly, and I get it because they're they've got to figure out a way to drop a nuclear weapon into the bottom of the fucking ocean to stop this crack from forming any further. So so Ted, Doctor Cancer, and I think one other guy, um, they get into these like suits and they get lowered into the hole. The this same is hole. one of my favorite parts because. Their suits, their protective suits, are made of rubber, first of all. And secondly, it's just basically like the emergency lighting that buildings have when they're when the power goes out, the emergency lighting comes on. That is mounted on either side of their helmets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sometimes that lighting disappears because the costume was inconsistent. So between scenes, it's sometimes the lights are there and sometimes they're not. Yeah. And they go up pretty down, far down this hole, too, to get to the magma because they're carrying, like, a, another nuclear uh, bomb with them. And they're rubber-ass suits. <laughs> yeah, so the solution, I'm sorry, wasn't to drop a, a nuclear bomb into the ocean. I forgot. They just put it down the same fucking hole that they had. Yeah. And then put some people in it, too. Yeah, they, they had to bring people with them because there was cliffs, and they're worried if they dropped it without people, they would hit a cliff. But how did they drill straight down? There has to be a clear path. I mean, to be fair, a nuclear explosion could probably change the way the, the original hole looked. I didn't think about that. Uh, but they do eventually find a way to make it clear down into, I'm assuming that's the Earth's core. Um, 60 feet down. Yeah, that's it. Right there. Yeah. They just had to go 60 feet, and then they dropped it from there. That's what it looks like. I mean, that seems that the core is only See? 60 no feet no lights. Deep. Right there. Lights are back. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they, get, the, they get this stuff down the hole. They... Uh, presumably blow it back up. Uh, we lose we lose we lose a scientist, we lose Dr. Steele. Oh, that's right, the no name scientist that's he, in the movie a couple scenes. He gets snagged and then just falls. That's it's it's stupid. He goes, Well, the bomb gets stuck. He goes, I'll save the bomb. So we have Dr. Cancer who's dying of cancer. He could have done this final thing. He could have sacrificed Final himself. act of goodwill. His act humanity. of redemption is at the end of the film. Yeah. It had to be at the very end. Yeah, after his wife came to get him for some reason. So after the so after the first scientist fails and falls to his death, Dr. Ted, who's our hero, on selflessly, six, selflessly <laughs> kicks a bomb and it goes in because the other guy couldn't think to just kick the fucking thing. No, he, <laughs> well, to be fair, he was falling into lava. Well, he he went down first below it. Like he lowers himself below the bomb to unstick it and so just kicking it. Out I'd like to see you kick a nuclear bomb. So so Ted comes up. He comes up from the hole. It's a little warm down there, and somebody asks him to go. How do you feel? Medium rare. I it, I I would probably make a bad pun too. I was excited by the pun. Yeah. First pun in the movie. Uh, let's clock it in at a uh, one minute. <laughs> one, 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 one hour in the film. Yeah. I can't. Over an hour in. Yeah. Finally, we get it. Finally, get a pun. I, I come here for the puns. But so this movie is an hour and a half long and feels like four hours. It's long. brutal. It is. Just so slow. And this and is where it's it bad too. Like this is where it's really bad. Like previously, I'm kind of interested. Like, what are they going with this? This is a weird movie and a weird plot. After this point, there's nothing left Utter to discover. Chaos. There's the, nothing. No, yeah, left. they're done. It, yeah. it, the bomb blows up. So now they're like, okay, cool. The bomb blows up. Now we're gonna see what happens. Okay, awesome. Can we shorten this up some? This movie needs to end. No, they don't shorten it up. Instead, they find a way to make. Oh no, the crack is turning and coming back. Take what another half an hour and it just doesn't need to be a half an hour and you have one more scene where they're like the crack is done we stopped it and you're like no we didn't oh no yeah sorry we were wrong the crack is back false success and dr cancer is like i'm in charge again you know he was fired because he uh, destroyed the earth they're like you know before the earth 
is gone, we're going to fire you. That's Traditionally, <laughs> you would, one would lose their job yeah. for destroying the earth. But they don't really, like... Well, they put they put they put Ted in charge. Yeah, they're pretty clear about that. But Ted never really takes the reins. He's he's too much respect for his old colleague. He's just far too nice for his own good. Yeah. So now um, we're at what I call Act Four. I don't know how they split up acts in movies for real, but I called this Act Four. This is the final like chunk of film here. We got about twenty whole minutes left. You think it's over, but it's not. Uh, and this is pretty much the rest of this movie. We get a couple, we get on a helicopter shot, which is great. We get like three helicopters. I help how helicopter rides in this movie. So they really took advantage of that helicopter budget. They blew up a lot of models. Uh, uh, they shake a lot of rocks down. But the train scene is ridiculous. It, it's fucking stupid. It is the dumbest scene in this movie. So there's They're a- screaming at this train to stop. Because the crack in the world is in front of them. It's going to knock the bridge down. The train's going to go over. Yeah. Uh, So what they do is they chase it in their Jeep and they scream at it. He shoots a gun into the air too, doesn't he? Yeah. No, no. he he, he takes a gun out of his... He's had a gun on him. Why does Dr. Ted have a gun? He pulls a gun out of his pocket, fires it in the air to no effect. Yeah. I I mean, there's... First of all, there's no way anybody in that train was going to hear you yelling, shooting, or otherwise. They were so far away from that stupid train. I don't know much about trains. But one thing I think most people don't understand about trains is they take a while to stop, right? And they're, you know, and they're you know, loud. Just, yeah. They're so loud. Yeah, they're, they're, those are pretty observable things. So, And they're just screaming at them like they could use hand gestures, they could do... Regardless, a useless 10 minutes because the train falls into the... Into the yes. Everybody in the train dies. Everyone Everybody dies. Everybody in the train dies. It's... it's yeah, we're, we're, we got to cut this short because this is just a terrible part of the movie. He could have been, sol- he could have been saving lives. After this, they get the, like... Everything's strewn about in the 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 inner space facilities. They're just yeah. they've given up. Everyone is clearly disheveled. And they're all drinking. And they're like, that's, I don't like that scene a lot because they're all drunk and drinking. Doctor Evil Cancer's <laughs> like, all right, everybody, paper. get out of here. Yeah, and boots everybody out because he knows what's going on. The crack is circled back and is coming back towards the facility. Like the, the it's coming back towards the beginning, right? So. They don't do a really good job explaining this, but the crack's making a complete circle back around. It's like right. when the windshield cracks and it meets up with the other crack, and now you have this like little like wedge of crack. A circular glass. crack. It's basically yeah. a giant cylinder of earth now that is going to be cracking away from the core. And um, they've decided that for some reason, gravity would stop affecting that section of earth, and it's going to become a moon. Yeah, 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 no... Dr. Stevenson goes, or Dr. Cancer, I'm sorry. Yeah, Dr. Goes, Cancer, and it's Sorensen for the last friggin' time. I, I, <laughs> I was drinking a lot, and near the end of this movie, I was drinking faster, and I, I took his name and, co- and combined it. I said, Steven Dr. Sorensen <laughs> becomes Stevenson. Dr. Stevenson. <laughs> it makes sense. He goes, one of the other doctors asks, Do you think the Earth can survive? No one has ever observed the birth of a moon, Macy. I don't know what that means. It doesn't make any sense. It's it, not an answer to that question. It's not a good answer to any question, although I may start using it <laughs> yeah. at work. I did say, I did have something in my notes here. Any Should, context. Shouldn't it be trying to stop the crack and stop worrying about trains? But that's... <laughs> and I mean, the, the focus was what needed to be on the crack. Um, but they do have a solution, which is blow up the facility, right? I think that's what they end up doing. No, so, like, I think that since the crack's coming back around, the lava's spilling over into the facility. So the facility's being overtaken with lava. No, no. The, he had to stay in the facility to do something at the end so that the, the – he sacrifices himself, remember? I think – Because he had to do something at the facility. I thought they were blowing it up He was again. archiving his research data. Is that what it was? He just yes. was saving data? Yes. Get a flash drive, bro. I'll keep recording everything that happens as long as I can. 
project is going. Now open the door and come out with us. If you survive, you'll find all my records in the safe. If everything goes, doesn't matter anyway. He was archiving his research data in a lab that got blown up at the end of the movie. Okay. So, yeah, so he died for nothing. No, he, uh, yeah, yeah, he absolutely, I mean, he died for love is what it he was. No, love. he died Do- for Evil blowing cancer. up a hole in the wor- world and destroying it. Dr. Evil Cancer made the ultimate sacrifice because he was going to go to fucking jail. So Ted and Maggie go back in, falling into ruin. Right. Ted and Maggie go into back into the lab to save Dr. Cancer, right? That's what their whole plan is. So they go, nothing else was happening in that movie. The, 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 the crack, nobody's doing anything to this crack. It's done. It's doing what it's going to do. Uh, but, they know the facility is going to get destroyed, so they go down to save him. Who's cancer? They know he has cancer. Maggie finds out he has cancer over the phone by like a stranger. Tells him a stranger goes, "You know your your husband has cancer." She goes, "What?" And then she finds out from him later. But so she knows he has cancer. We kind of washed over that. It doesn't matter. He keeps it from everybody, but whatever. It it's not important. She doesn't even care. Now she just has an excuse to bang Ted. She's like, "Ah, oh, I can fuck Ted." Finally, now. me and Ted. Yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, it was they just needed a write them off the movie so, so that, for some reason the elevators work going down but they don't work coming back up after uh dr cancer goes leave me here i gotta archive my data and they're like well, fuck you man <laughs> wow. he, need, he needed all the energy from those uh, elevators to archive archive his data so <laughs> right. he shut them down after they showed up so so they have to climb a ladder out of the facility and what's great about this it's actually liz found us in the trivia their outfits are pristine oh yeah 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 the, she mentioned that earlier and i i didn't think to look but yeah they're the right so right before they start climbing out, he slams the door shut behind him. Oh, no, you're not oh, actually coming. That's why he tricks oh. them. He's like, yeah, he, he's like, go get a thing. They're going to go get that thing, whatever it is. And then when they run out, nobody stayed behind. Like, yeah. And they close the door like, ha, 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 fooled you guys. Idiots. <laughs> Dummies. Uh, so they go to climb out, and they're climbing out, and there's all this lava. And as they're climbing out, the slowest ladder climb I've ever seen. Because obviously they didn't have a lot of money to build a huge pit. So they're like, listen. You're gonna. It's gonna take you four minutes to climb out of this pit. We need to go slow it down some. And Maggie's climbing up first, so like Ted's just looking up her dress the whole time. Is she wearing a dress? I I mean, yeah. We'll find out. We'll 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 watch it here in a second. It's a dress, and it gets all and it it, and it starts to get. It's all ripped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just all of a sudden their clothes are ripped to shreds. Yeah, like she was struggling and they're soaking wet. But there's water coming in from. She really struggles to climb the ladder too. Like it's so hard. She slips and almost falls. Like it's so. That's not just like a ladder though. It looks like devastated pieces of building. Yeah, right. But still, the tear, the ripped up clothes don't make much um, sense. The only point was because they just wanted to show some skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look oh, at yeah. this leg mm-hmm. angle. Like, oh, that's yeah, yeah, it. yeah. It's an upskirt shot as well, as far as you can go. Suddenly a lot of thigh in there. Yeah. yeah. For the first time in the whole movie. So they, they take a, needed to squeeze that in. They take, they take two and a half hours to climb out of this pit. It's the second half of the movie. And when they, when they climb out of the pit, it's just... Uh, it, 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 the world is just full of lava. And I believe... The part that the lab's on is where that it's like kind of the edge of the intersection of the crack because they have to get away from the lab and that chunk of earth just flies up into the sky yeah, it becomes it was... a moon and and then you see a chipmunk walk out of the, the woods and that's it that's in the that's in the movie it's done and ted and uh, maggie are holding hands to be fair the chipmunk is a recurring character we <laughs> saw him once before in this yeah i think film. we see him a couple times yeah, yeah he's a when the, anytime there's a cut to stock nature footage there is a chipmunk <laughs> yeah he's, he's a good little swimmer he is a persistent little fucker yeah he lives i was happy the chipmunk lived he was my favorite character Hell yeah me too <laughs> I wonder about that raccoon. Oh, I wonder I'm if worried he's about him. <laughs> Dr. Ted Rampian just kicks open a flaming wire fence. Oh, he kicks so many things in his movie. It just, it's time to go. <laughs> so We're going to leave it 
it's very red here. They take a minute to look back green. too. Like if I'm sorry, if the earth is on fire, I'm running away from you that just fire run. as fast as possible. I'm not looking back. I'm not. I'm not concerned. They hide behind looks. a rock, so it makes sense that they're safe. Oh, here it goes. Here's the special effects Man, budget. I, the first time I watched this, I do not remember this. I don't remember this either. I, the third time I watched it, I finally caught the plot point that that chunk of the Earth becomes a moon. It's, it just floats off of the planet for some reason. Gravity has given up on that section of Earth, and it floats off into the night sky. Yeah, okay, but the margin is so distinct that, like, what, 18 feet away, the characters are still fine? What? I mean, crouching in a trench. What kind of energy release jettisoning a chunk, jettisoning a chunk of Earth into the, yeah. the skies could possibly get further than twelve inches or so? The core's not <laughs> holding the Earth down. It's not like <laughs> you know, like right, right. It's not like the the, the 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 mantle is not glued to the core. Once you break that glue, you don't shoot off into nothing. That chunk of Earth is no different than you and I walking down the street. Like if if that part of the Earth is moon, then we're moon. Because, like, we're going up. And the moon floats up next to the other moon. Wow, I really do not remember that happening. What is that? You think that would do to the tides? In all sorts of other weird Who issues. Knows? Our wider paths would be... It could, I don't even know how big it is compared I to the original I smell a sequel. Moon. Hey, there's my chipmunk, There's buddy. the chipmunk. That's, yeah. The chipmunk is actually... Um, Dr. Cancer has transferred his consciousness into that chipmunk. Yeah. And so is going to sabotage that relationship. Yeah. So... And here they are, just staring at the wreckage. The end. I, yeah, I, like... I wouldn't even stand. I would definitely be sitting at that point. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lying on the ground, face down. I, I'd be done. Very, very done. Yeah, the, the train is gone. 50,000 plus people are dead. Um, 96 minutes of my life are never dead. coming back. Dr. Yeah. <laughs> um, Evil Cancer. Your wife hates you. Your finally like found you anymore. goodness in his heart and decided instead to create a moon base for himself because that's clearly what oh. happened. Think about that. So the mm. sequel to A Crack in the World has got to be, he stayed I'm going to crack the world for real this time. He stayed in the base because the base was attached to the chunk of Earth that floated up into the sky. That's right. He, he, he was wanted a moon space base. lab with nuclear weapons. Exactly. Oh, my God. So oh. Dr. Evil Cancer has floated off into yeah. the night sky to become Dr. Evil Cancer. <laughs> Dr. Cancer Evil. <laughs> um, so Dr. Moon King Evil Cancer is going to be back. I think he likes to be called Your Majesty, the Moon know, King, Dr. Think... Evil Cancer. King Moon Cancer has a nice ring to it. Dr. King Moon Cancer. Dr. King Moon His Cancer. His Excellency. That has a Martin Luther King Jr. thing going he's on trying, too, He's trying to actually tie into that. He oh, wants, okay. it's, it's about branding. <laughs> um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go around the table here. Uh, Richard, what did you think about this movie? Would you tell any human being to watch this? So we haven't decided. We haven't agreed as a group on a review scale. I think we should all just have our own. So I'm gonna say that like, I give this movie a three out of ten. It was it was pretty poor, but it, it had a lot of heart. There was a lot of there was a lot of people who spent a lot of time on this piece of shit. And uh, I would not tell anybody to watch this. I would tell them to listen to this podcast. It's probably better. And maybe just go to the scenes that we're talking about. Yeah, the podcast listen. is shorter. <laughs> it's, the graphics are better because we are we are 32 bit systems. Yeah, so. I feel like you could play an album audio. that you like and just watch the movie and pretty much get the same idea without the dialogue. You don't. You could just enjoy some music they, and have something to watch while you're doing it. Yeah. So what, what what kind of rating would you give it, and would you recommend it to anybody? I saw that IMDb rated it six point one out of ten, which I thought was pretty generous. Uh I think we made it through this movie twice in total. And 
I had completely forgotten it by the second time that we watched it. So I would give it also a 3 out of 10. So um, slightly slightly higher, higher rating for me. I still wouldn't recommend it. Uh, but I've got to give credit to um, the the set designers and some of the the, dire- the director of cinematography did a great job that with some fair. of those shots. Uh, for 60s special effects, they were solid. Um, there were helicopters. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go all the way to a five out of ten. Um, I still highly recommend you stay away from it. Uh, but if you want to borrow my Blu-ray, just give me a call. I will <laughs> gladly let you have it. For the crew over here at What a Disaster, which I feel like this first episode was. Uh, how do you feel about Pretty good. All right. She's feeling good, Richard. You're feeling? I I feel like a crack in the earth. He feels like a crack in the earth. I don't know how that. World! World. Uh, Wow, she definitely clipped. (laughs) World. (laughs) So for Shouty McShouterpants, Richard, and Dr. Cancer, this is Greg with What a Disaster, and hopefully next time we will have both a better movie and maybe a little better structure for this whole thing, and uh, it'll be a little more enjoyable. Bye, Greg. Thanks very much for joining us. Bye, Greg. Bye, everybody. Bye, 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 Greg.